From coffee to moonlight, from driving Miss Daisy to the last dragon. We've seen a lot, but we're going to watch them all. I'm Len the Bat Tribble. And I'm Vincent Williams. And we are the Michaud Mission. Two men, one podcast. Every, every black, black film ever made. made. Catch us every week on Podglomerate. All right. Sidekicks and henchmen out there in the Geek Nation, you're listening to Gutter Talk. Gutter Talk! I'm Johnny Destructo. We are not at 30... What, what's my address? 44. No. 40. 4327 Main Street, yeah. Maniunk. Um, we are at uh, the we Bat are, Tribble Cave. Uh, well, I like to call it Bat Alpha 1. Oh, that's a lot. Okay. Yeah, I know. I have no idea. what the, it's, it's my basement. <laughs> but this is a nice setup. Oh, thank so, you. So I don't know if you're the same as me, listener, but whenever I go to a friend's house or, or anybody who sort of is in the geek realm, mm-hmm. I always have to excuse myself and be like, I'm going to just look at your stuff for a minute. Like, right. we're not going to talk. But I'm just going to go around and then just be nosy as fuck and look at all your shit. Um, so, yeah, I like to go into whoever, you know, the, they call, they used to, for a while there, they were called man caves. And I just hate that. That's dumb. But because um, that implies that a woman can't have a man cave. It implies that. Yes. Yeah. And but a woman cave is a whole different thing. Well, a woman cave is called the house. Oh, I see. So, yeah, I like to go around and look at all your stuff. You got a nice little collection here. It's nice. Everything's like set up nicely. You got a new spinner rack here just I to know. showcase your, your cool shit. Thanks to the Hero Complex. Yeah, so nice. Nice. I like it. Do you do you feel comfortable down here? I do feel very like- comfortable down here. I like it. I uh, I sit here. I got my TV nice set up, my computer. Mm-hmm. I got my recording so I can do podcasts down here. Yeah, that's that's my one of my favorite parts is that you've got the four microphones with the fucking blast shields. What are these? What is this? It's soundproofing. Soundproofing. So Because it, it, it is a basement, so this way it doesn't... It, you don't have... As much echo. It doesn't echo off. It looks, it's lovely. I, I'm, I'm a little ger- jealous. I'm a little jealous. <laughs> um, even the guys yesterday um, came to the shop. The guys from Book Record Beer. That's Book Period Record Period Beer. They do a podcast where they uh, review one of those things every episode. And they came into the shop and recorded a podcast. And I guest starred on it and stuff. But they set up. All this stuff. When they were like, hey, is it cool if we come to the shop? Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, because you know, I'm used to me and you. You've got the little yeah. mother box right. with like the, the two ins and outs and whatever, and we're fine. And this was like, they had all the weights to hold their their microphone stands, and yeah. they had all this, and like a big mixer and all this Oh, laptop. they had a big mixer yeah, too? Man. Wow. Mm. Yeah. They had Ice Cube come in and start messing <laughs> with, the, with the dials. Um, yeah, they need to upgrade. They need to upgrade that mixer. I used to carry around the whole mixer thing. It's huge. Yo, the Zoom H6 is the beast and the truth. Yeah. 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 That is. That is. That's that a little guy we use, right? That's a little. That's a little yeah. guy. You see it right there. Yeah. I got another one here for for at home that lives here at home on the desk. You got two of these. Yeah, boy. Oh man, nice. So anyway, thanks for having me. Oh, well, thank you for life. coming over and making it very easy for me to do this episode. You know why? Uh, it is angry cold outside. Oh, yo. It is Brickademus. Uh, I do. <laughs> yep. <laughs> sure. It is uh, as cold as a witch's titty and a brass bride, that motherfucker. Uh, it's angry. It's angry cold. And uh, today's Martin Luther King Day. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Black's got a lot to be angry about, so I guess that's what's oh, happening outside. Nice, nice. We got letters. We got letters. Oh, we, we got, got lots, lots and lots and lots and lots of letters. Here's one from Brandon Payton. First of all, I want to say that I'm impressed that JD remembered Brevin's name and said it correctly. Second is that I let Brevin listen to you guys talk about him on the podcast, and he said, cool, my first shout out. So thanks for that, too. And yeah, sorry to shout out Gutter Talk and run at the store, JD, but as you already know, I live in L.A., and I'll add that I also work in Hollywood, and I'm around celebrities a lot, so I've been programmed to suppress weirdo fan interaction urges. Nice. But I also didn't want to leave without letting you know that the show is dope. So I had to at least mention that I listen. The two of you have great chemistry, don't step on each other's energy, know how to talk about stuff in an interesting way, and most importantly, despite what Christopher Goodnight thinks, you know when to get out of segments and move on. (laughs) So I really enjoyed the show. And since you guys were talking about it on the last episode, if you want to know how I found Gutter Talk all the way out here in L.A., I'll tell you. First of all, I'm from Philly and moved to L.A. to work in the business. But about two years ago, I wrote and independently commissioned an artist to draw a comic book for me. My friend, who still lives in Philly, read it and loved it and told me that I needed to try to get on the Black Tribbles radio show that I could talk about it with people who love comic books. I said, who are the Black Tribbles? So my friend sent me to the link to the Black Tribbles podcast. I thought the Tribbles were dope, and I reached out to see if we could make it happen. Though, unfortunately, it didn't happen. But still, like I said, the show is real fun, so I kept listening. Then Len promoted Gutter Talk on the Triple Show one time, and I'm obsessed with superheroes and don't know squat about their comic origins, and the rest is history. You guys are my comic professors, in a way. So that's how you got a fan in L.A., though hopefully you have more than just me and Brevin. Sometimes y'all cuss too much for him to be a regular listener. Mmm, J.D. Mm, But while I'm here, (laughs) but while I'm here, let me address homeboy that was talking smack about Into the Spider-Verse in that article. First of all, every movie is made to sell you something. Every single one. Trust me, I know. I work with the people that sell them to you. So, is Marvel, Sony trying to expand their brand to black kids with Spider-Verse? Yes. Are they trying to expand to young girls with Spider-Woman, a.k.a. Gwen? Yes. Gwanda. (laughs) (laughs) That's what the movie business is all about. But the question is, did Spider-Verse pander or rely on negative stereotypes? The answer is no. And they easily could have. Because most time... Most films did this in the past, like the recent past. Now, I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but Brevin and I saw Spider-Verse three times, twice more since we visited your shop. And all I'm going to say is they handle Prowler respectfully. He felt like a human being. He wasn't demonized. He wasn't judged. And a lot of other producer directors would have done that. So yeah, Sony Sony Marvel can have my money because guess what? I got something back in exchange for it and that's how consumerism works. If I wanted to spend my money on something else, I would have. Anyway, I'll let you go. Keep up the good work. P.S. I remember Len saying that the appearance of the spider that bit Miles was a plot hole, but it's actually not. If you notice, 
the spider was glitching like the other spider mm-hmm. people, meaning it came from another dimension. And we know Olivia opened the portal before the movie starts because Gwen is already in the universe and Miles' friend mentions an earthquake happened the night before. So it's safe to infer that the Miles spider probably slipped through the dimensional portal since the collider, or whatever it was called, wasn't too far away from where Miles was doing his art. As mentioned by Prowler, I did a job down here and noted by Spider-Man and Goblin fighting nearby when Miles went down the second time not that it's that important to correct but into the spider-verse really is a pretty flawless script except for the part when miles feet stick to the wall with sneakers on peace brandon and brev oh what's up that's a lovely email uh it's it's knowledgeable it's uh it uh, says nice things about us, most importantly. Yes, it does. So um, thank you so much. I'm sorry, off the top, I've already cursed at least twice that I can recall. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Brev. Um, so uh, I always wonder that myself as a Spider-Man fan, uh, just how Peter sticks to things. Right. Even when he's got his shoes on. Mm-hmm. And there's been a couple of times, I remember in the wedding issue way back in the day, that he actually had to take off his good wedding shoes in order to run along the wall. Yeah. And I, I always thought that was a nice touch. That's a nice touch, yeah. Yeah, yeah I feel yeah. like, because like, I guess Spidey's, sometimes they're boots, and sometimes they're just leggings mm-hmm. over his, his bare feet. So mm-hmm. like if it's just a thin layer of fabric, socks, then I can understand being able to like walk on walls and stuff. But uh, yeah, I always like when they pay attention to that, that sort of detail. Um, the other thing, and I don't remember if I mentioned it on the show, but I was reading some behind the scenes stuff about Into the Spider-Verse. And what was the, oh, were we taught, did I, did we talk about this where the orange. Oh, about the, um, the orbs. The, yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. Oh, okay. And the thing dropping, mm-hmm. I didn't, I wasn't sure if that was on the air or off, but I thought that was really cool. Well, you so, brought it up now, so just Oh, I guess quick. just in case, so, so then everyone's not confused. So in the original origin, Amazing Fantasy 15, where Peter gets bitten by the spider, he goes to a experiment, I guess a, radioli- a radiation experiment. Right. And so there's these two giant orbs, and the radiation is, is sort of um, stretching out between the two orbs, and then a spider slowly descends into the middle of that, and that's how it gets irradiated. Now, into the Spider-Verse, the giant, they, they've... Uh, escalated that up a hundred times. So the collider that creates the big explosion that kicks the movie off is the exact same design. It's the two giant orbs. There's a beam that goes across the two of them and Spider-Man himself lowers into it, thus igniting the plot of the story. Right. Uh, Which I thought was a really nice little touch. Yeah, real nice. Real Real subtle. Real subtle type of thing, yeah. Yeah. Um, But anyway. He's right. The the script may be... I don't know if it's a flawless script, Mm Mm-hmm. But it's 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 damn near. Yeah, and a nice response to whether or not the it was pandering. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he says it all right there. Um, and 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 I read part of this email on the Black Tribbles recently. So, um, and I know Brandon got it because I received his email. Uh, we get inundated with emails like tons. So I I apologize that I didn't catch his email about the independent comic book that he presented he has since resent it to me mm. so i have given it to our local um the black tribbles local comic book uh aficionados mm. who would be randy and ariel okay. so they are going to check it out and then we will get back with brandon and schedule a time to get him on the show nice that's awesome. So we're, we're, I'm, I got you, B. I got you. So if if Brandon, if you want to let um, let Brevin listen, for, I promise no more curses this episode. 
I'm gonna I'm oh. reeling myself in. Oh wow. <laughs> oh, I need a swear jar. <laughs> <laughs> and an edit button. <laughs> All right. So we have another email. Yes, we do. From the home dad abroad. Gutter talk. Oh, well, it's got the B word in it already. <laughs> Bitching about the doc on the screen. <laughs> well, there goes. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> sorry, Brevin. <laughs> Len, JD, Bubbleas. Let me just say that the film Aquaman was okay. Not good. Not terrible. Okay. Naturally, this review must be taken in the context of the drivel and pablum that Warner Brothers has burned into audience audiences' haunches with a big flaming DC logo branding iron for many years now. The movie is equitable with green. Equitable? With Green Lantern, in that it was a little fun, a little too much story happening, and utterly forgettable after leaving the theater. And that is all the time I am willing to spend on that film. (laughs) Because I am not a negative person, at least in my head I'm not. Rather than refute my previous sentence by launching into a 32-page rant about Aquaman, I will simply add that my 12-year-old, who inexplicably loves Aquaman, the character, based on his reading of the 60s and 70s stories, felt obligated to see it. He came out of the film surprised at having enjoyed it, but has since pondered and considered and reconsidered the film into the trash heap of experiences. Mm. Two weeks later, over Christmas, he washed away the last vestiges of its bland taste by being enthralled and challenged by the ex complexities of taxi driver <laughs> fine whoa I'm a, whoa uh, see there's another curse word i'm a poopy dad and no that is not my favorite christmas movie that would be the capra <laughs> film noir that everyone thinks is a sweet love fest it's a wonderful life in which an evil banker corrupts or i'm sorry bankrupts a good banker leaving the townsfolk to bail him out at their own expense think 2008 financial crisis mm-hmm. wow this email is a little short. Maybe I should rant about the movie more. The Home Dad Abroad. P.S. Oh, yeah. The only difference between Aquaman and Green Lantern is all the charismas that Jason Momoa has. No, wait. That should read all the muscles. He has no char- charisma whatsoever as an actor. The P joke could have been funny. Not laugh out loud funny, but at least chuckle inducing. He was the dullest part of the movie. With a better actor, the movie could have been ever so slightly better, but not much. P.P.S. Ranted, P-P-P-S, Len. <laughs> I have also been watching the Dick Van Dyke show in old-fashioned, non-bidge, slow disbursement style. A great show, but also a great example of appreciating an artifact within the context of its time. Mm-hmm. It is so casually misogynistic. Mary Tyler Moore comes off as a perky, adorable shrew of a housewife, always being put in her place, the kitchen. <laughs> Dick is a proto-sitcom man of the house as he embodies 50s confidence yet foreshadows the sitcom sitcom dad's slow transition to 80s hapless idiot father. Rosemarie plays a funny, talented career comedy writer but spends her time typing for the male writers and dreaming of finding a husband to take her away from all of this so she can live the life, uh, her dream of being a housewife. And it goes on from there. Still great. P.P. P.S. And finally, the CG doc and lighthouse and related set pieces were meant to distract the audience from the terribly de-aged actors stiffly reading their lines. Mission accomplished, apparently. Sent by wistful flatulence. (laughs) Thank you, Home Dad Abroad. That was epic. Yeah, so for anyone who didn't hear the previous episode, uh, Len went on a tirade about the CG lighthouse and doc. Yes. The needlessly... CG. Yes. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. Let us step away from Aquaman. Okay. We've talked about it. It's been said. Yeah. And let's talk about... Man of Steel. 
Well, Batman versus Superman. I was going to talk about Suicide Squad. A father who lets his twelve-year-old <laughs> watch, watch Taxi, Taxi Driver. Driver. Yeah, he calls himself a poopy dad. He's a bit of a poopy dad. After, after many ellipses, there's, there's like five, five sets of ellipses. Yeah, fine. I'm a poopy dad. See, I thought I was bad because I took my four going on five-year-old to see Blade Two. Now, before you, before you. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Okay. There's a context of a bit. Oh, I can't wait. It was a a play date that me and my my friend Frank were doing with all of our kids. Mm. He has two boys. Uh, One is like about three or four years older than my daughter, but the other is only a year older than my daughter. And he was taking them to see Blade 2. And we had taken the kids to the playground and stuff like that. So he was taking the kids to see Blade 2. And I was like, wow, you taking them to see Blade 2? But in our mind, it was this stupid sci-fi thing. Mm-hmm. Had you not seen Blade 1? Yes. With the, the blood orgy or whatever? Yes. Blood rave? Yeah. Yes. Okay, continue. But, you know, she she was down. She wanted to do what the boys did. She was hanging with the boys. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay. And we took her to see Blade 2. Mm-hmm. We took them all to see Blade 2. And my and to her credit, my daughter sat there, watched Blade 2, eating on her popcorn and her Twizzlers, and was fine mm-hmm. with with the kids laughing and, and like, ooh, but laughing and joking. In the theater. In the theater. Yeah. It was fine. Mm-hmm. And she was fine when we got home. Mm-hmm. Everything was good. Smash cut to later that to, night. Later that night when, yeah. when she was supposed to be asleep, and she's sitting... Standing silhouetted in my doorway <laughs> with tears out of her eyes asking if she sleep with me. Yeah. So I let her sleep with me. However, yeah. I will say that my daughter, now 25 years old, hmm. li- living her own life, her best life in, uh, in, uh, in New Mexico, married with her beautiful, my beautiful grandson, was Forever desensitized to horror movies. Oh, cool! It wasn't until the horror movie, um, which is the one that 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 really about the kid, the girls that go spelunking. Oh, the um, the 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 the, 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 the descent. The des- I knew it was a D. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, that was the first one that that scared her. Oh, okay, that was a good one. That was a really that was a good, real one. good one. Real good one. Descent too actually really uh, held up as well. So, but, so what is worse? Taking your kids with a bunch of other kids mm-hmm. to an event that she had fun in, uh-huh. which was Blade 2, or taking your 12-year-old who was old enough to truly process what he's seeing uh-huh. to see Taxi Driver. Uh, yours is worse. <laughs> yours is definitely worse. <laughs> the difference between 6 years old and 12 years old? Oh, gosh. Uh, now, I I'm sure I've mentioned this story a bunch. My mother took me to see Basic Instinct in the theater. How old were you? Too young for Basic Instinct in the theater. <laughs> uh, young enough that she had her hand over my eyes Ooh. during certain parts. And I was like trying to see past, like see through her fingers because I was like, oh, that's lady pits. So I guess there was, there was a lot of murder in that movie. And it wasn't really so much gore as it was sexuality. Yeah. Which in, in retrospect... It's not so, you know, these days I get people who come into the shop and they're like, how, how is this for kids? And I'm like, well, there's a, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of blood and stuff. It's, you know, a lot of violence, like the walking dead or whatever. And they go, oh, okay. But, uh, is there any nudity? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, no. Oh, okay. 
Yeah. Oh, you're okay with people getting their heads chopped off, but not with like bosoms, lady bits. I don't know. It's it's kind of backwards to me. But so in retrospect, I guess it wasn't as bad as you taking your daughter to see Blade Two. And mind you, I'm a, a a boy who was raised by parents who took me and my sister to the drive-in where we saw Dumbo. Then, um, oh, what's the one with the dog and the, and the fox? Fox and the Hound. The Fox and the Hound. Hmm. Then we watched, there was some other movie in between, and then- You saw three movies at a drive-in in one night? Four. Four. Because the, ki- the, the two, the two um, kid movies came on as it was like dusk. Oh, I see. So you know, see, so you're just watching. I was them. like, "How long was this evening?" Okay. Um, and then, and, and then, so then it was really like that double feature later. Yeah. And I can't remember what that third movie was. It was kind of like a PG type of movie. But then the last movie was The Exorcist. What the what? Yeah. Oh, oh, I see. I see. Was it one of the back in the day at the drive-ins? Was it one of those things where like people would take their kids to whatever yeah and then maybe the kid falls asleep or something exactly so the oh. idea is that we fall asleep in the back of the car oh. but we weren't yeah we were looking over the shoulder and oh, and, and then and, and we ducked below the seat cuz it was very scary yeah yeah but um but my parents did that that's pretty bad so i see where you get it from exactly yeah, yeah. it's good parenting <laughs> so thank you so much home dad abroad so we have another email from Christopher St. Saucy Goodnight. Well, titled, the show wouldn't be the show if we didn't have an email true. from Christopher St. Saucy Goodnight. It's titled, Oh my God, are you still talking about Aquaman? <laughs> Guys, get over it. It was a poopy movie that made lots of money. Who cares? I didn't get a chance to see it a second time yet and probably won't go now, but good gravy, it's just a movie. Have you all seen the Deadly Class pilot or second episode? Or at second episode, by the time you read this email, probably. <laughs> what? What about the pilot for Roswell, New Mexico, which is a retelling of the Roswell High books that was turned into the Roswell TV show back in the early 2000s? I didn't mind the changed the made from, from the original TV series. I'm kind of looking forward to seeing where it goes. And how about that trailer for Umbrella Academy? I'm pretty sure I'm going to hate watch the fudge out of that series as soon as it comes out in the middle of next month. And finally, the trailer for Spider-Man Far From Home. Boy, is that going to be fun. I'm like 95% sure that Mysterio is merely pretending to be a hero and is either robbing other places while he saves the city or is hoping for a reward. Can't wait to see it. Let me know what your thoughts are on the marvelous Ms. Maisel season two. Chris St. Saucy, good night. All right, as we go down the list, no, I have not seen Deadly Class. Neither have I. Although I do like the, the comic series. I've heard it's very good. It is very good. I, I haven't heard good things about the pilot, though. Oh, no. I've heard, I've heard like, mixed reviews about the pilot. Uh, to be honest, no one's talking about it in my ear. Like, I haven't heard anything about it. It's just something like, I, I, like, I think I read real quick. Oh, okay. People are like, ah, they wish it was more fun. Oh, all right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's about a homeless kid who gets drafted into an assassin school. So I imagine the first episode is going to be a lot of, like, homelessness sucks. Well, if I remember what I read. I, I don't remember it verbatim or anything like that, but I think... They were saying how in the comic books, having in the comic book, how like um, there definitely are like classes of alien. I mean, like uh, assassins. Yeah. So like you've got your your the black kids who are assassins and mm. and, and they all kind of and they they're are high school cliques. Right. And they and they fall into cliques. And within those cliques, the tends to tends to be a little bit of stereotyping. Oh, yeah. Right. But they said you can get away with it in the comics because it's 
painted a little bit more broadly mm-hmm. as opposed to in a series where you would like to see them being a little bit more refined about it mm-hmm. and that and but it's not and that's to the detriment of the pilot so far. I think that was the review I oh, I think I, mean, I read it on Vulture. I could see that. That makes sense. But I do want to see it because I do like the series. We did it for Book Club. We did Volumes 1 and 2 for Book Club at my shop uh, last year, and most of us enjoyed it. Although some of the people were talking about how it's that broad stroke, mm-hmm. you know, how it was painted that way. So um, that's not surprising to me. But I'll check it out for sure. It's on my list of things to eventually get to, along with uh, The Runaways and the rest of Cloak and Dagger. Yeah. And... Uh, what was that new mutant show? Oh, um, the gifted, the gifted, yeah, the gifted. Yeah. All these, sh- I can honestly, it's so much stuff. Keep up. You can't. It's kind of cool. It's kind of cool, but then, but, but you have to be smart about what you want to watch. Mm-hmm. Like to be honest, Deadly Class, it sounds interesting. Yeah. It doesn't sound interesting enough for me to say I'm going to watch it. Yeah. Primarily because I am watching Runaways, mm-hmm. and Runaways, I'm watching it. I'm. So, I'm enjoying Runaways, but if I'm being 100% honest, there's a part of me that's enjoying Runaways because it's a kind of an interesting story, mm-hmm. and there's a part of me that's enjoying Runaways because one of the stars is a fan of my podcast. <laughs> so, you know, uh, uh, you know just be keeping it real, you right know on, what I mean? Right on. Um, and then, you know, uh, like Christopher St. Chris talks about Roswell. The, the, oh, I don't give a. I don't care about Roswell. About I didn't it. care about any of Roswell. Mm-hmm. Like that doesn't do anything for me. The trailer for Umbrella Academy. I love the comic book Umbrella yeah, Academy. So I know I'm going to watch it. Mm. I don't want to watch the trailer because I don't even want to be spoiled. Spoiled. Sure. I just I'll, I'll just go in, you know, cold turkey. And that's the same for Spider Man Far From Home. That was going to say what a great segue into our discussion about Spider Man Far From Home. I also didn't want to watch it, but I like I tried to resist it for about 30 seconds. <laughs> you know, I woke up that morning and the first thing I first of all, I'm ashamed of myself. Every time I do this, I'm ashamed of myself. I immediately wake up and I pick up my phone mm. and I look to see if I have any I tell myself, well, just in case I'm missing any important messages. But really, I go straight to Facebook. I go straight to Twitter or whatever wow. and see what I'm missing. And it's, it's something I'm not proud of and it's something I want to curtail in my own behavior. But w- for the same reason, like what I do is I pick it up and I go, oh, there's a Spider-Man trailer. <laughs> I don't want to watch this. Click watching it. So um, are, you, are you saying you haven't seen it? I haven't seen it. You d- oh, good for you. I've not seen it. You. I knew that Mysterio was supposed to be a part mm-hmm. of it. So, um, but I haven't, I haven't seen it at all. Well, here, allow me to tell you an exact break for break uh, <laughs> description of what happens. Please no, um, yeah, I'm curious. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not curious. I don't mean to say that. Oh, no, I am curious. I did mean to say that. I'm curious about how Mysterio's role is going to play out in this. But it's either uh, I'm all of these villains that you've seen are illusions uh, so that Mysterio can seem like a good guy because mm-hmm. apparently he's supposed to be a shield agent. Right. Um, from an interview that someone told me about that Jake Gyllenhaal had said he was a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. Um, so I'm assuming, we know he's a bad guy, so it's not going to be a surprise, but I'm just curious to see what his actual plan is and if he's actually the legit villain of the movie or if there's a, because Mysterio, he's not a, to me, Mysterio was always the, he's the guy who gets his glass bowl punched in the first five minutes of the movie mm. and then the credits roll and then the actual Green Goblin, like the real villain shows up. Uh, same thing with like the rhino. The rhino seems like a guy that's just. Rhino seems like that guy. Mysterio, if played right, I've seen him be a pretty 
decent villain. Yeah, you know, uh, in Spider-Man 2, the, one of the, my favorite all-time video games, based on the movie Spider-Man 2, it was like one of the first free-roaming, big world, you could thwip through the city for as long as you want games. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a whole big build-up to, oh, you got to chase Mysterio down, and there's, you know, you go into this uh, shop, I think it's like a like a, a convenience store or something, and uh, he starts to power up, and it goes. The, you f- see the bar fill up three times because that's how powerful he's going to be. And you go up and you punch, you throw one punch, and he just falls over. <laughs> Which I, I laughed so hard, that's and that not, was like that was the end of it. I was like, oh, that was amazing. That's not cool because he's just a dude in a fishbowl with like he's got some fucking sm- oh friggin' smoke bombs. <laughs> You you know, first of all, hmm. that ship that ship left port a long time ago. So, Which one? So give it the fuck up. You, no, I was trying not to. I said poopy a bunch instead of the other word. <laughs> um, and also, Black Tribbles is a radio show. Michelle, I've heard of it. Michelle Mission is a radio show. So I can't curse on my other podcast. Oh, so I see. I look kind of look forward to, to not not being able to you know don't okay. care. So. Okay. Yeah, so I haven't seen this shit. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, but, but Mysterio is actually the villain in one of the more classic episodes of the old 60s Spider-Man cartoon show. Okay. So that's why I always see him like, uh, you know, if done right, he can be mm-hmm. all right. If, well, I wouldn't say if done right. I've seen him be really intense if done incorrectly. <laughs> uh, if they somehow alter his power base to be more effective, like in uh, spoiler alert, if you've read Old Man Logan, he's the big bad in, in that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the one who makes it so Wolverine decides never to pop his claws again before mm-hmm. the story even starts. And so that one didn't make any sense. I seem to remember there was an, a, a, a Spider-Man story that was of some renown that wound up with Mysterio being the big bad at the end. Uh, the other one I was thinking of was Kevin Smith's Daredevil run, Guardian. Oh, Devil. that's, you know what? That's, that's what, what I'm thinking, thinking about. That's yeah. what I'm thinking about. Because at the end of that, you find out that Mysterio is behind Mysterio. everything. Yeah. But then even still, that doesn't jive with Daredevil's enhanced hearing and, and radar sense. You know what I mean? Like how is well, someone? It was Kevin Smith yeah. writing it. Hey, it was pretty good up until that point. Not up until that point, until you yeah. realize this makes no sense. Yeah. So the only time he's been really a heavy hitter is when writers go, oh, you know what? It's him because <laughs> he's a or, special effects guy, but it's him. It's okay. Or he's way in the back. Mm-hmm. You know, so you just got to get like the 12 issues to punch him in the face. Yeah, I guess. So anyway, um, I'm, I'm very excited for the movie. Mm-hmm. I think that it's a little strange to put out that trailer. Before... Because Endgame. Yes, I do too. Because when is the, when is Far From Home coming out? Is it coming out this year? Yeah, yeah. Oh, see, I, I thought it was coming out 2020. Oh, you know what? I'm going to do a quick Google. July 5th, 2019. See, I mean, I understand that you you got to get the, the word out, but... March, March 8th will be Captain Marvel. Yeah. Then the next month, April, is will Endgame. be Endgame. And then July will be Spider-Man. Look, I understand the Disney machine, the Marvel machine and everything like that. But let's face it. If they waited until after Endgame comes out. Yep. If you if if they were smart too late now, Mm. if they were smart, the end credit to Endgame is the trailer for Spider-Man Far From Home. Yeah. Spider-Man will return in. Yeah. 
No, I, I 100% agree. So that when we, I don't know if I was talking about this on air or not, but I was a little disappointed with that same thing. And I went, well, if um, the only reason that they released this trailer is because Sony put out one of the best Spider-Man movies to date True. with um, Into the Spider-Verse. True. And so Marvel had to like stick their dick in the door and be like, no, guys, remember, we have a Spider-Man too. There's another Spider-Man. Get excited see, for this one. I don't see Sp- I don't see Marvel thinking like that. Yeah. I see I see this being all Disney, like, uh, I heard we got a movie coming out in seven months. That means that we put a trailer out. All right, maybe. I just think it's it's very coincidental, the timing. Um, and I know, I know you and I and everyone listening to this show knows that Spider-Man will be back by the end of Endgame, right? And that all the major heroes who crumbled to dust at the end of... Uh, Infinity War. Will be back. So uh, it's not for us, but I have had legitimate conversations with other business owners in Maniunk and other um, people who don't come into my shop so often or aren't mm. part of the subculture going... I can't believe they killed him. I can't believe it. Like, yeah, what are true. they going to do next? How how, how, how are they going to... That definitely bah, bah, is people's bah. impression about Black Panther. Yeah. You know? Yeah, they just think, well, they're dead now. Because they're not used to the cycle that is comic book storytelling. And that, obviously, yeah. something's going to happen to undo all of this. So I think that sort of shoots them in the foot with the casual fans who were legitimately concerned. Now they probably see this and go, oh, all right, I guess he's all right. Yeah. You know? So... Uh, that being said, it was a good trailer. I'm excited for Jake Gyllenhaal, especially since he was supposed to take over as Spider-Man with Spider-Man 2. Do you remember that? No, I didn't know that. So the story goes, as I've been told it, that after Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 1, uh, they were getting ready to start Spider-Man 2, and all of a sudden, I was to- uh, I've was heard that it was negotiations. And with Tobey Maguire. Toby, yeah. Cardboard Maguire was like, I want more money to cry. And um, you were not a Tobey Maguire. Man. I used to be. I used to be. But um, yeah. And he, they were like, but no, we don't want to do that. So then he, they got a message from his uh, agent or whatever, saying like, Tobey Maguire is is not able to commit because he has back trouble. He had back trouble, and so he can't do it. And so they called the bluff, and they were like, okay, well, hey, Jake Gyllenhaal, what are you doing? You want to be a Spider Man? Oh. And then uh, the agent goes, oh, we might be able to make something work. So, oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Now, interesting. Brandon from LA may be able to shed some light on this. He's our new insider scoop, I guess. Yeah, Brandon. Yeah, get on it. Yes, regale us with your tales. Uh, so, it's kind of cool that they went and grabbed him for Mysterio. And I think he's a good choice. He's a really good actor. I would have preferred him as Peter Parker 10, 15 years ago, actually, in retrospect. Yeah, I don't know if I would have actually could see him as. Spider-Man, but I do like him. Mm-hmm. He wants to know about Ms. Maisel, Mrs. Maisel season two. Mrs. Maisel season two, I enjoyed it. I uh, did. Oh, did you finish it? I did. Oh, you- oh, yeah, we binged it. Okay. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. There is a little bit of where Mrs. Maisel, the, the lead character, gets a little bit on my nerves. Yeah. Especially there's one episode that takes place at her girlfriend's wedding yeah. that well, she sets up. Yes, yeah. Continue. And she she really started to grade on grade on me in that so much so that when I felt her grading, I had to turn it off. It was only, but then the back of my mind, I said, mm, if she's grading on me, she's grading on some on a whole bunch of other people. I wonder. So I turned the episode back on like about two three days later, mm-hmm. and I saw that they actually like spoke to that. Yeah. On that episode, it was a very deliberate misstep of the character's part right. you know, it's a it's a f- 
a faulty character making a mistake mm-hmm. and turning on that whole uh, aren't I funny? I should be the center of attention. I'm going to make a bunch of jokes that are inappropriate because I'm used to doing, you know, raunchy stand-up. Yeah. Uh, I am the same way. When that started to happen, I actually, like, I have a physical reaction where I curl into a little bit of a ball and I, like, clutch my face and I'm like, stop, stop, shut up. <laughs> what are you doing? Like, I... I have a lot of trouble watching things that are uncomfortable. I'm not a person who enjoys uncomfortable television shows. I feel you. 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 You like, feel it. Right? Yeah. yeah, like, yeah. Oh, don't. What are you doing? So uh, the fact that they spoke to that almost immediately. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. So um, uh, I think uh, a couple episodes in, they're still at the. Where, where did they go? What's the rich people? They, they went. They went to the um, the the Catskills. The Catskills for like four months or some crap. And um, that started off a little bit tedious and like, oh, rich oh, people doing rich it. people stuff. This is so annoying. I enjoyed it so um, much. And it just wasn't speak to, speaking to me as much as the first season, which was all about her busting her hump to become a uh, comedian. Mm-hmm. And it showed the process. Like one of my favorite scenes was her workshopping her bits yeah. in a montage. And like you saw the... Ele- um, evolution of the joke until it was like, there's the laugh. That's 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 the perfection of that particular joke. Right. Love that. And then we sort of took a step back for season two, and it was like, uh, family trouble. And I was like, oh, all right. I see, but I, I dug it. I, no, no. I, I, once all said and done, I enjoyed it. But there was a little bit of like, all right, let's can we get back to the work here? Hmm. You know. I I I, I enjoyed it. I, I still say like the, and I and I like. Mrs. Maisel, mm-hmm. um, and I and I like the actress that plays her, Rachel Rachel Brashaznan. Mm-hmm. And I'm probably mispronouncing her last name, but I will still say that to me, the, I go to the show for um, for Alex Borstein as Susie. Susie, Susie. she's the best. I, I live for Susie. Yeah. But that's why I love the whole Caskills thing because yeah. her walking Living around with that plunger. plunger. And oh then my. She gets she gets emotionally attached to the yes. pleasure. <laughs> yeah, yes. it becomes like her sidekick. Right. Yeah. Oh man. I yeah. and Susie Susie is just mm, her and um Tony Shaloub as his uh, as her father. He's perfection. You know, like and even her even her mother. Mm-hmm. Like they're both. They're, I mean Mom is hot, by the way. Mm-hmm. I looked up her IMDB. Yeah. Mm. Yes. <laughs> yes. Marin Hinkle. Yes. 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 They are right. Um, her husband, he, I could do without him. I like his oh, parents. Oh, I think you said, I think you meant Tony Shalhoub. No, yeah, uh, Miss Maisel, Mr. Maisel. Mr. Maisel, Mr. Maisel. He's the worst. Yeah. Why is he on that show? I don't care. I could do without him. I don't care about him and his family and the, and the warehouse and like trying to keep it up and all that. I don't care about that subplot at all. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't mind them, mm-hmm. but I could, I, if they were gone... I have a funny feeling, though, with the next season, mm. because where we l- leave off, it sounds like, you know, they're going to be, quote unquote, on the road, for lack of a spoiler, mm. um, that you may get less of them yeah. with the third I season. Because so. he's just not. In- and I don't want them to wind up together. It's not one of those things where it's like, no, well, they won't. They I hope they get back together. Yeah. Which no. which is why there was a note at the end of near the end of the season. It may have actually been at the end of the season that I didn't like. And I, I don't want to give it away. Uh-huh. But. There's something that happens at the end of the season I didn't like because I liked. Well, well hell, she she's the she starts to develop this relationship with someone else with Shazam. Zachary, That's who it, I, Zachary I'm Levi. Like, he plays Shazam. This, I, I'm looking at his face, and I'm like, 
wow, he's one. He's a very tall man. He's a he's a tall drink of water. Yes, yeah. he is. And I'm like, okay, well, who is he? I know this face. That's who he is. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he's, yeah. Well, well, good on him. Yeah, because he's very good. Yeah, we're having a, a Leviathans, I guess. I guess so. And I was I was digging him in the show, but then she gets a bit of good news. Yes. I missed a little bit of something else because she definitely is like conflicted about some stuff um, and turns to her husband. Yeah, I was real disappointed. And I didn't that. like that. Nope. I, I didn't, didn't like, like that, that. Especially considering how far down the rabbit hole they took us with her relationship with the new guy. Mm-hmm. You know? So I, I felt that that felt false. Yeah, I also, me. I liked their meeting, her and um, the oh, new I loved guy it. Yeah. on the boat. Mm-hmm. Where they're just like, just can you at least pretend to talk to me? Like, yeah. No, no, I don't care. Yeah, it was really fun. It was it was a fun season. I just I just think there was a little bit of a dip at the Catskills where I was like, all right, guys, can we get can we get this a little moving on? So that's the end of our email. Thank but, you so much. But real quick, oh, yes. I do want to go back to something that um, the Home Dad Abroad mentioned in his emails, in that he was rewatching the Dick Van Dyke show oh, and yeah. about the subtle misogyny? or not so subtle misogyny that is implicit in that show because it was the seen as a p- part of the humor of the day. Mm-hmm. And in watching the show, it definitely is there. It is definitely can smack you in the face a little bit. I don't think to the detriment of the comedy because I think the comedy first and foremost from that show comes from the characters being so well written. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it just sometimes it's, you just got to remember it's in the context. But watching it makes me appreciate Mad Men so much more because Mad Men is a show that is very much a a commentary on those times mm-hmm. and on the images that we are presented with of those times. And Mad Men totally subverts Mm. that stuff so expertly. So watching this makes me appreciate that show that much more. I do. Yeah, I did love Mad Men. I never quite finished it. I only got maybe, how many seasons was it total? I think it was uh, six or seven. I got about maybe into four. And I just, at a certain point, I went, I do not like this main character. He is the worst. Yep. I hate this guy, yep. and, and it made it difficult to keep watching like the main dude be awful all the time forever. See, but if you watch that show, mm-hmm. what I appreciate about him, more so than The Sopranos, because Tony mm-hmm. Soprano was definitely an anti-hero who people came, because he was a you know, he's a big, big fat guy. Mm-hmm. You know, you saw him as kind of lovable, but he actually was a jerk. It was never really a good guy. No. But you just, people was like, oh, what is Tony? Mm-hmm. Right? Whereas with, with, um, with, with Don on yeah, Don Mad Men, thank you. On Mad Men, I think because he was this handsome guy, you wanted to see him get his comeuppance because he was yeah. better looking than you. Yeah, so you're yeah. like, yeah, yeah, fuck that dude. You know what I mean? But what Mad Men does is he does go through the ringer yeah and not only does he go through the ringer people call him on his stuff including his daughter that's why i fell in love with kieran shipka who plays sabrina oh yeah he she's his daughter on there and she you watch her grow up and you watch her character grow up on that show she calls him on his shit oh maybe i'll return to it then yeah i like that and she was uh she is a lot of fun in sabrina she is she i mean that 
she's not the star of Mad Men, so she she goes away for some time. Yeah, yeah. But um, I remember in the first couple of seasons, though, I was like, those kids are creepy. There's something about yeah. the children that I yeah. like, I don't know if they were supposed to be creepy, but I'm like, your guys are. A it's creepy. even more creepy if you watch, after watching the first three seasons, you realize they. I think they go through two different guys, boys. Oh, playing the kid. Yeah, and oh, I no, think they you. actually end on a third. I think they went through Yikes. three three kids. Too many gross spurts, I guess. No, bad oh. acting. Oh, oh, okay. Um, and then uh, oh, Dick Van Dyke. Oh, yeah, the, the Dick Van Dyke never really struck me. Like it's, it's I think it's a more subtle misogyny than say. And uh, all, all in the family was pretty bad. Oh, yeah. And then uh, the guy with the pal zoom to the moon, Alice. Honeymooners. Honeymooners. Holy hats. No, see, see, you're 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 wrong. You're one hundred percent wrong. The honeymooners, the honeymooners. Yes, he does say the pal zoom. Right. I'm gonna punch you to the moon. Right. Yeah, I'm gonna abuse you. One, it, admittedly, it is always done for comedy, but in this in the in the scope of that comedy, if you watch it, his wife Alice never reacts. Hmm. She is deadpan there because one, she knows he's never going to hit her. Right. And he never does. Hmm. Two, even when he's saying that, is in the midst of her being right. And him being frustrated. I see. And then three, every single episode ends with him re- realizing, baby, you're the greatest, and takes her in an embrace and kisses her. Oh, okay. Every episode so ends it's, that way. So it's funny because he's only threatening to abuse his wife and never actually doing it? It's a comic. It's, it's 100% a comic threat. It's the yeah. same way as if somebody threatens, like, I'm going to kill you. You know okay. he's not going to do it. Okay. It's not. Um, the people that blow it out of... Out of the water, y'all don't know what you're talking about. Okay. <laughs> All in the family, the misogyny that is there is mostly from Archie Bunker. Yeah. But Archie Bunker, again, is called on his shit by mm-hmm. everybody in the show. And I heard that Archie Bunker was supposed to be sort of not a redo, but like sort of a reference to um, the guy, the other guy we're just talking about. Who? Pal Zoom to the movie. Oh, um, Ralph Crampton. Crampton. Was he? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I don't know about that. I know. I know. All in the Family was originally a British comedy. Ah, huh. yeah. Ah, huh. I did not know that. So, <laughs> I was uh, for anyone who wants who cares, which is none of you. I uh, was like, ah, oh, season three's coming. A Young Justice. I got the DC app, and I'm gonna watch season one. I'm gonna watch season two, and then I'm gonna get right into season three. And everyone gave me some bull crap, and they were like, "Don't do the, what do you? How are you? How are you waiting? It's, we waited all this time. Just watch the season three. And I was like, "No, no, no, no. I'm just gonna watch season one and season two. I'm gonna make my way through it because I enjoy it so much." And apparently, there was a lot that I'd forgotten from the original run of the show, so I was being resurprised, which mm-hmm. is nice. Uh, that's the good thing about my brain uh, is that it's terrible. And so when uh, I rewatch a show, I get to re-enjoy. The things that surprised me the first time. So you may want to have uh, that checked out. What's that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> have what? <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah. But then you sent me this text. It was like, dude, you got to catch up so we could talk about it. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna get something. So we're all caught up, right? Do we? Yes, we're all caught up. All caught up was it nine, nine episodes? episodes? Nine episodes in two days. That's not bad. So, um, it started off. You had mentioned the first three episodes were sort of a mini movie. Yeah. And it was fine. What was it? Markovia, mm-hmm. Markovberg, and um, which is the name of the town? Markovberg. <laughs> and um, 
you know, uh, we're, we're making metahumans and turning them into lava monsters and then the royalty and the family and the blah, blah, blah. And I really didn't care that much. There was nothing there for me to gravitate towards. I was really in it for the stuff that comes later, mm-hmm. which is the little tidbits and stuff that I'm really enjoying. So the first three episodes are fine. I would not give those first three episodes to someone and say, here, watch Young Justice. It's one of my favorite animated shows of no, all time. No, you're right. This is not a shining example of the excellence of this show. But then moving forward, uh, we're starting to go off on our different little tangents and weave our thread so that we can come back around finally mm-hmm. and tie everything up. So this is where I'm starting to enjoy the show. I, I like the some of my favorite stuff with these animated series is seeing the the side accoutrement of the the characters, the little sprinklings of cool stuff like John Kent, the little baby. Yeah. And we see the Flash family. Um and we see, you know, other heroes start to emerge, like Spoiler and Arrowette and... Um, Whisper. Wh- was that her name, Whisper? Yeah, call her Whisper. Whisper. Um, who you assume is probably... Um, Cassandra Cain. Cassandra Cain, Yeah, right. who was uh, a back... Oh, that's right, back she was girl. Batgirl. Right. And now she's, I think she's an owl. Mm. She's one of the Court of Owls. So, yeah, it's all that stuff that I'm just like, oh, look at that over there, and look at this. Oh, this is fun. Um, and... I'm just starting to get acclimated to the new characters, the next generation of Young Justice, the Outsiders, uh, Forager, Bug, yeah. Bug the Forager. Who, when you came in, you said, I don't know if I'm really feeling this Bug guy. And then we watched two episodes, and I was like, I like that guy. He's, so cute. <laughs> he's, a, he's adorable. And um, and I keep wanting to call her Silk Halo. Yeah. Which, is she's, am I supposed to know who she is? I feel like there's going to be a reveal. About this kid. Well, you saw her in the um, in the first three episodes. She gets like um, knocked out or whatever. It's, she she has something to do with Markovia. You don't really know what her link was to yeah. the, the I guess the kingdom or whatever. Was she just one of the kids who was kidnapped and they were going to activate her metagene? I'm I, not. That's how quickly I forgot. I'm not exactly sure because what you saw, she's running through. She's running through the hallway, and she runs into these guys who will eventually kill the king and queen. Yeah. But she but she basically runs into them, but she's clutching something, and you don't know what. Oh. So they, they kind of have to return to that I eventually. See. I you know, see. But, they, but she's, you know, she didn't really know who she who she was. Well, know. not only does she not know who she is, she's got the amnesia where she's like, I don't understand what a gift is. I think I like gifts. Oh, yes, I do like gifts. So she's she's really taking a couple steps back mentally. Okay, maybe so. She's on the same, you know, it seems like she's almost on the same level as Forager. Yeah, of trying like, to like, I don't understand. understand how to eat a banana, which is like a cute little moment that they don't even call out. But like, I think a bunch of them are sitting around a campfire or something on Happy Harbor. And you just, they're, they're having a conversation and Forager is just sitting there and he peels the banana and he takes the banana meat out and he throws the meat away and just eats, eats the, the peel. The peel. And he's very happy. Yeah, and he's just... Very content. Um, and then Lobo shows up. Yeah, Lobo. That was a lot of fun. You, you're not feeling Geoforce, though. Geoforce's outfit is it's very generic. Very bland. Very bland. Like, I think the rest of the outfits are really nice. Uh, especially, um, I keep wanting to say Silk. I don't know why. Halo. Halo's I really like. Word. Halo's I really like, especially... The different a, colors. Yeah, the different colors, especially as opposed to the Halo from the comic books. It's a whole lot better see, than that. See, okay, see, I don't even know who Halo is. Halo in the comic books in the original Outsiders um, team oh. was a blonde 
who wore a black suit that had kind of like rainbow kind of like look. No kidding. Oh, so yeah. I kind of thought she was a new character for the Young Justice. No, they they just re, kind of like totally rewrote her history oh. and and obviously her look. Because I honestly I've never read any of the, the Outsiders. Um, oh, that's an out, that's a terrible outfit. You're looking at her now. I'm looking at the original yeah. Halo 19, I think early 80s. Yep. By uh, Mike W. Barr and Jim Aparo. Oh, Jim Aparo. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, man, Halo. And Katana's outfit is... Yeah. yeah. But, um, oh, okay, so that's interesting. And there's Geo Forces there, too. I don't know if he's on that cover you're looking at, but Geo Force was mm-hmm. in the, the... Yeah, the original Outsiders, which was Batman, which is why this is kind of interesting, because in the original, the whole story of the Outsiders, Batman quit the Justice League. Yeah. Because, you know, he said, no, we need to be operating in the shadows. And he starts the outsiders with black lightning metamorpho geoforce halo and katana nailed it yep. nailed it look at that perfect yeah you can see the geoforce costume there it's not much better also than what not he's great yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. um but I, you know there's a lot of nuance to this show that i'm really enjoying it's the reason i enjoy this series so much is because mm. they deal with things like in the first episode black lightning gives just the tiniest little jolt to this giant lava monster who dies of a heart attack and you find out that it's a 14-year-old little girl that he's murdered um, because she has a heart problem. And so he then has electrical dysfunction and can't zap people. You know, he loses the ability to um, channel his lightning. And so I like that sort of delving into uh, responsibility, regret, um, stuff like that. It's it's. They do some things in this show that I think a lot of other shows just glance over. Plus, because they're leaning into being on a streaming service in that they can go yeah. hard yeah. with the adult content. Because, first of all, there is invincible comic book level blood on this series. Yeah. Uh, um, they have fun with the idea that Halo basically can bring herself back to life because mm-hmm. I think she's been murked about 12 times. Yeah, and each time more brutal than the one before it. The first time, dude, the lava monster just grabs her face and melts you to, down to the bone. Mm-hmm. You see her skull, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, yeah. And then she came back to life, and I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of... Yeah. And then the next time, uh, Sensei uh, f- from Ra's al Ghul, Ra's right, al Ghul, right. just, she goes to... He's holding her, mm-hmm. and he, he, she goes to light up her powers, and he goes, none of that, and just breaks her neck around. Yes. So she's facing the opposite direction. Right. And Which then, is a cool bit, because when you see her, because if I remember, when she comes back to life after that one, it's like a little bit in the distance, but you just see her head like kind of like turn around. Yeah, you can see <laughs> all the big cracking bones and everything getting back reset. And then the third time is uh, she gets stabbed a whole bunch by Lobo. Oh, it's not even a whole bunch. She gets st- like. No, like, I mean like it's one giant stab. Yes. Yeah, she gets stabbed almost in half, uh, and then and it dragged and then dragged. <laughs> oh, and then he has to like wrestle the blade out of her torso. Mm-hmm. It was brutal. But that's the blood. There's there's uh, there's sex. Well, well, there's. There's uh, Black Lightning and Doctor Something stuff who they have some drinks. And also I like the little um, the little nod, not nod, but like the little touch of they're walking down a, a hotel hallway and just some random guys passing them and they both shush them. You know, you do that drunk shush. like yeah. shush. So I thought that was cute. And then they go into the bedroom 
the hotel room and they close the door. And then the next scene is them having pillow talk. No, the next scene is you see the camera pan across the hotel room as you see their clothes strewn along the the, the floor. Oh yeah, and on a chair, huh. and then it goes up to them. Oh, I, I missed that. I having guess. the pillow talk, but yeah, it's not like there's actual sex in it. No. It's not like in that one DC animated film with oh, Harley the Quinn. the Arkham Arkham uh, Suicide Squad Arkham Asylum. Is that the one where she's like riding Dick Grayson? Oh no, that's Batman and Harley. Yeah. In the Bruce Tim style, that was a little weird. Yeah, it was a little weird. Yeah. But she like yeah, she like straddles him while he's tied up on a bed. Yeah. And then they start going at it. So it's not quite that level. No, it's not that level. But it is enough for me to go, maybe this isn't for the little children anymore. Well, you know what? They they know because this is the reason why Young Justice got taken off the air. Young Justice, as great as the series as it was, it appealed primarily to older people. Yeah. And that's why the Young Justice toys, didn't whatever sell. they were, yeah. didn't sell. I don't remember Young Justice yeah, toys. I, don't even I remember. probably would have bought them. <laughs> but, but so now on the streaming service, they can, they can just say, look, we don't even have to front yeah. like we're going for the kids anymore. That's good. That's we good. know who's going to see that, mm-hmm. going to watch this. So let's make it for them. Yeah, it's it's uh it's really picking up. I was a l- little nervous in the first three episodes, but I'm getting way more involved and um, sucked into the story. So, um, I even liked the cool. little bit the episode with Vandal Savage. I was just thinking that showing him adding a little bit more dimension to him. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. And his daughters, which and I, I you, and his daughters. Yeah, I mean it was a heartbreaking story. Yeah. Um, but the reason I the real reason I like that is because hearkening back to the old Justice League, Justice League Unlimited series, Mm -hmm. I always liked the two-part episode they did when Superman supposedly, quote-unquote, died, and he actually got flashed into the future, where in the future, he befriend him and Vandal Savage, because Vandal Savage is an immortal, become friends. Really? And Vandal Savage help Superman return because in Superman returning to time made the time that Vandal Savage was now living in reset to peacefulness. Hmm. Um, and, and, and I liked that they played that Vandal Savage at that point, because he was like at the end of time, almost, you know, realized like, you know, like, wow, I could have done, done some things something, different, yeah. differently, you know? So, being an immortal, there's two sides to that coin. Mm-hmm. And in this episode, you see that at some points, Vandal Savage had at least a part of another side to his yeah, coin. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it was a little it was a little two-faced. Maybe yeah. a little bit of a scratch to it. But it, it, it gave a little bit more depth to the character. I, I enjoyed no, that. No, I was thinking that too. Because um, they kind of show him almost as a hero at certain points in history. Yeah. yeah. And I like also them explaining the, his scars. The bear. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that happened before he became an immortal. Yeah. So, yeah, this this series is great. I'm very excited that it's back. Uh, I've also caught up a little bit more on Titans. Oh, but... The you, live action. But you haven't finished it yet. No. Oh, JD. Dude, I had to jump. You made me jump to Young <laughs> Justice. There's only so many hours in the day, you some bish. Ah, God damn it. Plus, I went to go see uh, Escape Room last night. Oh, how was that? It was a... It, you know, that's what I heard. It, I mean, it was. That's what I heard. It was a. 
It was, you know, credits. <laughs> it was fine. I gave it two and a half stars out of five, which is like, I saw the movie. <laughs> like, I don't regret seeing the movie. I went and saw it, and I ate popcorn and, and snow caps, and then I left the movie. Uh, mostly I went in it for, because I like those shitty horror movies. But I also went in it for, uh, what is her name? Oh, I just, it slipped out of my, my face. Um, is she in the movie? Yeah, yeah, from Daredevil. She's Karen Page. Oh, I don't know her name, but I, Something I know Something Ann Wool. Okay, okay. Um, and, uh, you know, she's the redhead. She was in um, The Vampire John from HBO. Mm-hmm. Young, not Young Blood. True Blood. True Blood. Yeah, she's, I'd like her a bunch. Okay. So, yeah, when I saw that she was in it, I was like, oh, well, I guess I'll go see this. And it was fine. It was fine. It was cute. It was quaint. It was a quaint little teen horror movie where a bunch of people try to escape a bunch of different rooms and they get murdered one by one. So, Deborah Ann Wall. Deborah Ann Wall. Thank you. Yeah, she was. So, and I I don't want to disparage the woman because this might be a negative thing to say, but I wanted her to take off and have a bigger movie career than she's had so far because I thought I think she's a really talented actress and I really liked her in True Blood I really liked her in um are we still talking about Deborah Ann Deborah Ann Wall yeah okay. yeah but because she's in like this movie that no one's gonna see or remember in a year you know what I mean it's try- interesting watching TV actors try to make the jump to the big screen and mm-hmm. how they do it um this is this does not feel like a stepping stone for her it feels like a step back but she's so good in Daredevil all three seasons and then like guest starring throughout all the Marvel stuff. I kind of thought mm-hmm. her star would be a little brighter than it is. But maybe she's totally fine with it. Maybe she doesn't give a crap and she's just like, I wanted to do a horror movie. Fuck you, Jason. Well, she's probably not fine with all her, all of her shows getting canceled now. So. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, that's 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 the other thing we got to watch. Punisher season Punisher, 2. Punisher started it. Is it. I've heard it's good. It's fine. Yeah, I mean, it's more Punisher. Um, There isn't so much a trajectory so far in the first three episodes. It's basically the first three episodes are, here's a little mini movie Mm -hmm. to get you back to him back in New York. So basically, it's Roadhouse meets Assault on Precinct 13. Mm. Mm -hmm. How many episodes is it? Do you know? Oh, I don't know. Usually, they're 13, right? Yeah, I hope they didn't do 13. And I always say, they should have been 10. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully they didn't do 13. But so far, it feels like nice, classic Western, but it's brutal as hell. I know Sushan and I were watching it, and there's a scene in the bar in like the first episode. Um, and uh, Sushan looks up, and she goes, oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is so violent. <laughs> it's only episode one. Yeah. Wow. She was taken aback by just how violent it was. So, I mean, if you're going into a Punisher show, it's kind of what you want. Yeah, it's, it, it's in the name. Yeah, it's not so much um, in, like, the Punisher movie where he's like, I'm going to make sure that the bad guy's wife gets parking tickets. <laughs> I'm going to drag this fire hydrant to in front of her car, and then she's going to get a parking ticket. And then his, his, her husband's going to get mad at her. Yeah. That was, who, what's his name? Tom. Who, who the, who's the Punisher? Yeah, in the. Oh. Um, Tom Jane. Ja- Oh, oh, in the Tom movie, Jane. yeah, Tom Jane, yeah. I'm yeah. looking in the... In Not the... Barenthal, John Barenthal. Barenthal. But anyway, this is a much better take on The Punisher than I think the uh, the movies have been so far. All right. So, yeah, all right. So I'll be checking that out. So Young Justice, watch it. Now that we spoiled everything for you. <laughs> Go sit down and watch it. 
I think we should probably start shutting things down, but we cannot without lamenting, but Ooh. also celebrating yeah. the, uh, the end of one of our favorite artists, George Perez, or Perez. I mean, it's not the end of him. It's not the end. He's around. No. He's just, he's decided to step down and take a retirement, which sounds more like mostly a retirement, because he's also like, well, I mean, you know, you never know. Well, no, I, I think he's, you know, you never say never because you don't know what's going to come down the pike. Yeah. But he's, he is a guy who has, at least based on every interview that I've ever read from him, uh, has done all of his dream projects oh that must be nice he's done all of uh, every one of his dream projects i mean you know you you start off like his career started in the 70s on fantastic four and avengers because at one time in the 70s early 80s there were two superstar artists and that was it it was george perez and it was john byrne everybody else i don't care who you name they may have been good Mm -hmm. and they may have had their fans but there were two superstars. Huh. It was Byrne and it was Perez. That was it. I didn't know that. That was it. Um, and and both of them at that time were literally going back and forth on Avengers and Fantastic Four hmm. for a time. Uh, it wasn't as evident on Fantastic Four because Fantastic Four always had Joe Sinnott doing the inking. And he kind of like, he's a, a very heavy inker. So he would emblazon his tail his style on both of them but on the Avengers you could always tell the difference Mm -hmm. but you didn't care because both it was Perez and Byrne you know what I mean but then of course he goes on to he goes on to do Teen Titans with Marv Wolfman Ah, in DC however that wasn't his dream his dream was to do Justice League which he he went on and did after their longtime artist Dick Dillon unfortunately passed away he goes in finishes that book and then takes over that book and says okay I'll do this Teen Titans thing as long as I can stay on Justice League. Really? And he's doing both of those comic books at the same time. He did both of those monthly titles? He's doing both of those comic books at the same time for probably about close to a year. And then as the the, uh, Teen Titans train gets to moving and you can see what's happening, he's like, I got to stay with it with them and plus they were original characters you know um so he he stays with teen titans and you know that's his legendary run Mm -hmm. from there um which which gives you like you know all the characters that you love now cyborg raven starfire all original creations by him with marv wolfman because they didn't create beast boy yeah that was and he was in doom patrol but they're the first ones to do anything with doom Beast Boy. Um, and they were actually quite as kept the first ones to do anything with Wonder Girl. Mm-hmm. Um, then he goes and he does Crisis on Infin- Infinite Earths, mm. which is, I don't care, all of these big cross promotional, you know, crossover things they've been doing ever since. Mm-hmm. This was the first and, and it was best. still the best. Yep, absolutely. Still the to absolute best. Yes. Yes, it's it best story-wise because it had real ramifications. It mm-hmm. really changed things, and those changes stuck. I mean, Wally West becomes a flash in this series. Mm-hmm. You know, Supergirl dies in this series, and and Wally West would be, would be the Flash for like almost 10, 20 years. Yeah, he was my Flash. Because of Crisis on Infinite Earths, when I started reading comics, my Flash was Wally West. Like, yep. starting with issue one, him racing that down the... The, the airstrip racing a plane, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
that was when yeah him it was a uh, Mike Barr and uh, Jackson Geis Jack Butch Geis yeah 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 um so yeah man uh, thank God for a crisis because that Wally was mine to this so much so that when they brought Barry back I went oh but why yeah the best thing Barry ever did was die. In Crisis on Infinite Earth, it was the absolute best thing. That yeah, he has and ever like done. his legacy was so important, and it was such a driving force for Wally that like it almost felt like Barry being gone meant that he wasn't gone because it was so focused on yes. trying to fill those shoes, yes. Wally trying to fill those shoes and everything that Barry was always there. Yeah, and so now that Barry's back, it's just like oh, and he's younger. Oh, okay. And they've kind of given him a little bit of the Wally, yeah. in him, which is why. Th- when they, little hipper. they eventually bring back Wally, it doesn't work. Yep. Yep. 100%. You know I mean? They've screwed the pooch on that one. So then he does He does Teen Titans. Mm-hmm. Teen Titans has, because Marvel and DC trying to do their crossover things, it wasn't a regular thing at this time. They do X-Men Teen Titans. Mm-hmm. Marvel produces it, so that's why Walt, Walt Simonson drew it with Chris Claremont doing the writing. Cut to, all right, we need to do a new one, another one, because this one was a hit. Well, X-Men... Teen Titans, they were the biggest, you know, yeah. books at the time. The only logical one next is JLA and Avengers. Mm-hmm. Well, who do you get? George Perez says, well, yep. I don't care who you get. It's me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and they sign on for him, and then the book never comes out. Yeah, yeah. Gets into, you can read the history of this book. It's it's in, insane. For, it looks like it's going to die. Perez drew pages. He was he was gung ho for it. It never go. It never happens. And he's he's bummed. And they say, well, as a party gift, what we want to do? Well, I just finished the Christ and Infinite Earths. I'll do Wonder Woman. Mm. Oh, that's right. And then he does the absolute best Wonder Woman you will ever read. Yeah. And he writes this one. Okay. While he co-plotted Teen Titans, this one he totally wrote from the doors. His story. It's a little overwritten. If you mm. try to reread it, he's yeah. a little wordy. little Claremonty? A little bit. But he's a first-time writer. Sure. Claremont has no excuse. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Perez is a first-time writer. But the plots, the story, the characters, what he does with Wonder Woman in her world, what he does with... Uh, Wonder Girl, what he do- does with the, all of Themyscira and, and the gods and everything, really, really locking in on her connection to mythology. Mm-hmm. Um, he it, he creates the Wonder Woman from which everything else that, that you sense, sense yeah. has grown. And it all harkens back to that. And it's still the best Wonder Woman art. Nice. It's still the absolute best Wonder Woman art. I never read it. You never read any of it? I never read it. Oh wow, man! I don't think you would enjoy it because it is overwritten. Yeah. Um. And and unfortunately, and as much as I love Perez, and I do love him, he's my favorite artist of all time. I don't think he had the strongest inker. Yeah. On this book, so okay. I don't think it's his best art. Right. Uh. But then he would eventually, after Marvel and DC, would later down the line, a few years down the line, and he's had some starts and and fits, and he's had a, the whole time he's been dealing with health issues. He's mm-hmm. Legendarily has had diabetes for most of his life. Um, he gets the opportunity to do JLA and Avengers. Mm-hmm. And it's a big thing. And it's epic. And it's incredible. And it's fantastic. And it's all that. And everyone should have it. And it's out of print. Well, yeah. It, why is it out of print? Right? That makes the, There's so much stuff out of print that I just don't understand. It makes no sense why that is out of print. But yeah. it's, it's a gorgeous book. I have it. I have it on Absolute Edition. It is fantastic. Nice. And that, I've never read it. 
You've you've never read it? What is never. your problem? I read the first issue when it came out because it came out in like nice little perfect bound issues, right? They were like deluxe signs, yeah. weren't they? Yeah. They weren't just like regular issues. Yeah. Um, I think I read the first issue and I was like, oh, that was pretty cool. And then I just wound up missing the rest for whatever reason. So I never got around to reading it. Don't get me wrong. There's a a hokey uh, element. Yeah, I mean a classic, the classic superhero yeah, element. Superhero crossovers. Let's fight. Then we team up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's got a. It, it does have a little bit of a um, of a, a, a crisis feel to a, a to a bit. Um, and you read Avengers Forever. Yeah, yeah, I did. Carlos Pacheco. It's Oof. got a little bit of. Uh, well, that's I, another one you can't really go back to. No, you can't. You want to because of the art. Yeah. But it's it's yeah. Yeah, Pacheco drew the hell out of it. But the story, uh, we went back and did a book club several years ago, even, and uh, even then it was like, oh, oh no. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're leaving here with JLA Avengers. Now, okay, cool. So you can read. Also, it. can I read that gauntlet? The yeah, ba- the Batman. Yes, you can read the, the Batman. You can go yeah. shopping. JLA. Nice, nice, awesome. <laughs> um, and th- so those are his dream projects. And then he only has really one final dream, and that was, and it wasn't like a big dream. He he would have gladly not done it, but he always wanted to do a Legions of Superheroes story. Oh, so um, he does Superman um, and the Legion of Superheroes around when Jeff Johns was doing, uh, Jeff Johns and Gary Frank were doing their... their um, Secret Origin? Their kind of like Secret Origin thing. Oh. And then they did that whole Brainiac story. And then yeah. before they did their story of um, Superman and the Legion of Superheroes, part of the final crisis is the I think it's the Superman and the Three Legions. Yes. And George Perez does it and he gets to draw like three iterations of Legion. I do remember in there. Song. Definitely has a little bit of a crisis feeling cuz they battle Superboy in Superboy the Super Prime? Superboy Prime yeah. in it. Um but if you're a a stickler for George Perez art this is the last, probably the last great George Perez art no book. No kidding. It, it, is, it, it is amazing because it's good inking. and it's. And that great. was a perfect storm of, I don't care about Final Crisis. <laughs> I was excited about it because I was like, Grant Morrison and was it J.H. Williams? Uh, Grant Morrison and a whole bunch of artists. It wasn't oh. Final. J.J. J, 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 J Jones. J.J. J. Jones. It was J.J. J. J. Jones. J.G. Jones, yes. From Philly, I believe. Yes. Um. So, yeah, I was really excited about it. And then it started happening. And I was like, oh, this is neat time bullet. And then, because that's when the they. Batman. B- Barry. Barry shows up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the first times. And so I quickly realized that this is not great. And then I don't care about. One legion, let alone <laughs> three, legion. three legions. So yeah, I, I never even bothered. I mean, yeah. if you're not a legion fan, it's not for you. Yeah, I loved it. I am not. Do not care. Um, although Rick Taylor, who we've had on the show here, uh, is saying that the show, the animated show, which is on the DC streaming app, is pretty good. There's like two seasons of a legion. Oh, show. you never saw that when no. it was on? Um, no, because I don't care it, about the it was legion. Kids WB. Yeah. Apparently it's pretty good. Yeah, it wasn't bad. It was it like Superboy in the Legion or something like that. Yeah, but they had to call him Superman. Oh, right. For uh, uh, contracts. Rights, yeah. So yeah, man. It's um on one hand I'm sad. Um, but on the other hand, I also went, Good on you, George yeah. Perez, because um you deserve it. You deserve a little bit of downtime. And God bless him, because he is one of the few 
who get and he even says it because he issued out a statement about his retirement that can retire and like you know don't cry for me because I'm doing okay mm-hmm. because you think about it the characters I just named that he created mm-hmm. Cyborg Starfire Raven mm-hmm. he's getting royalties off of them yep yep every time you see them in the comics every time you see them in the movies mm-hmm. him and Marv Wolfman are getting a check and nice. they're getting a nice check yeah so he's like I'm doing good yeah you know my health it could be better, you mm-hmm. know. And let's face it; he's he's not a young man anymore. He's in yeah. his sixties, um, but money wise, he's doing it because you think about it. If Jack Kirby had royalties Ooh. for the characters that he created, mm-hmm. oh my god, yeah, there, it, there would not be enough money, yeah, for him, man. So he's one of the few that can retire, you know, can go out like that. Say what you want about John Byrne, who's one of the, the great superhero superstars, uh, artists of that time. Even even to a degree, say what you want about Jim Lee. Yeah. Nobody's checking for Jim Lee's characters. They ain't yeah. getting royalties. Yeah. You know? Um the, the comic book artists very rarely are compensated. Really, really truly compensated for that. Mm-hmm. So George Perez is one of the rare and good on you, Bo. Yeah, next time you guys uh, get upset at someone not um, meeting their deadlines or having to take a break or so on and so forth, remember that these people are hired on a freelance mm-hmm. basis, which means they don't get any health insurance, none of that stuff. Nope. Uh, they are, you know, Paper page. Yep. Um, and if they have to take a break for health reasons, they need to take a break. Yep. So um, I'm, I'm so happy for George Perez. I hope uh, I hope he's doing well, and um, he certainly has given enough to the comic book industry that uh, he deserves a rest. Yeah, he sure does. Yeah, he's he's a. Plus, I met him. I uh, interviewed him for one of my old podcasts, I think, and uh, he was nice enough to do a little bump for me. You know, nice. You you know, this is George Perez, and you're listening to Pop Tards podcast and stuff like that, which I can't use anymore because they changed the name of the podcast. But yeah, he's, he's a real nice guy. I saw him at um, New York Comic Con. Mm-hmm. It was me and Kennedy from Black Tribbles. We saw him, and he was sit. He was sitting at a table. There was no one there. I got totally starstruck. I got got starstruck. Kennedy had to push me in the back to go up to him. And and I didn't want to just like straight out like ask him for an interview or anything like that. I was like, I I love your work. Um, And he's like, hey. And he he had just signed a Wonder Woman picture that he did for somebody. So I said, "Uh, I, I love your Wonder Woman. It's like, hey. So he signed a picture of Wonder Woman. And gave it to me. I, I thank you. <laughs> and I, and I left. Mm-hmm. I was I was I was done. I was done. I was so. Mm, and I've never seen him at a convention again. <laughs> I've been looking. That's cute. I've been looking. I actually he on his statement he said that um the conventions the last conventions that he's going to do this year because it's going to be his last yeah, year on the convention yeah, circuit. Yeah. You might want to go see him. And he's only doing like about six. And he's not coming back to Philly. Oh, well. And he's not going, but he's not going to New York either. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, all right, well, which one do I think that I can go see him and there maybe won't be a crazy line? Because you know there's going to be a line wherever. Mm-hmm. So in, I think it's in May, he's going to be at a convention in Florida where I think I'm going to have a good chance of maybe 
catching oh. them. You know what the or, uh, convention it is? Nope. Fetish Con. Uh, fetish. No, yeah. Con. I heard. Oh, he's big in the fetish. He's big in the fetish. Really? Yeah, oh yeah. Did you ever ever read the comic book? One time he was trying to do like the his own um like Create uh, own? creative own thing, him and Peter David. So they did this comic book called Socks in Violence. And it's all about this stripper no. and this private detective. Oh, Sax. Like yeah, it was Sax. S-A-C-H-S. Yeah, yes. Sax and Violence. That was a fetish book? Well, Fetish elements, fetish elements to it. Huh. yeah, he he he's big time in that, that type yeah. of stuff. Oh, that's oh, neat. Oh yeah, I know. I know a lot of. I mean, even I, I, I draw uh, some salacious mm-hmm. artwork on the side as well. And um, yeah, it's not a surprise to me that uh, like even like um, old timey guys like John Romita and stuff had mm-hmm. done their side work. So that's kind of cool. Uh, so oh, nice. Well, I guess there probably won't be that big a line if it's a fetish con. I don't I know would if he's appreciated in the fetish community. He probably is. As much as he is in Yeah, comics, okay. so you know? it won't, won't be as much of a line. Nice. So I'm going to see if I can. Walk maybe. up with your ball gag in your mouth. <laughs> Ask him for a signature. Sign my ball gag. Um, well, I hope you get to see him, and, and uh, I hope, hope you uh, get to have a chat with him. <laughs> Not with a ball gag, but boo, boo. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just drool coming out from under the rug. <sighs> uh, we have fun here on the show. Oh, we do. All right. Anything else? I guess we should sign off. I think we should. All right. This has been lovely. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, everybody. Uh, you can email us at copopgo at gmail.com. Or blacktribbles at gmail.com. You can also like and follow us on Twitter. You can follow him at JD's Hero Complex. That's JDS Hero Complex on and, Twitter. Uh, you can follow Len at, what was it, The Bat Tribble? The Bat Tribble. And oh, also I have a Patreon. So you can you can go to Patreon slash Johnny Destructo and throw a couple bucks. Uh, that would be lovely. Thank you so much. And I don't have a Patreon. However, I do have an Instagram um, account that is actually a fairly daily comic strip it's called batman's whiteboard it basically is a whiteboard that i update every day with this running commentary of batman being a jerk yeah talking about pop culture um i have fun doing it and a lot of people seem to like it yeah so if you want to go and like that and follow it on instagram check it out dope all right thank you so much for joining us and we will talk at you later